Straight from the horse, Elvis's mouth. Yeah, so whenever you like, you know, yeah, people want to get their boogie-woogie on. He's like, listen, I need a black friend like I need to die taking a shit. <laughs> you did die on the toilet. I mean, I guess that's fair if you want to try to look at it from a frame of karmic justice. Because he was a duty and he died doing a duty. Uh, doing as duty. above, so below, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Damn. That's a phrase with a lot of gravitas, as above, so below. I like mm-hmm. that. That could, like, you could... That's like a eulogy quality phrase. I, I mean, think. it's nice, too, because it's very nonspecific. So it doesn't mean really... anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. How do we How do we ease into this thing? All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let I'll just fucking get started. Yeah. Let's do the summary. We can yeah. talk names later. Yeah. Okay. So you know, welcome to this show. That's this show because we haven't named it yet. I'm Ayani Hayashi. I'm producer of this thing, and I'm with John Alcabez to my right. What's up? And then looking across the virtual landscape to our very own Josh Marcus in Carmel, California. I feel far away and yet so close to you. Yeah, there's a big wall of smoke in between you and I, though, so it's, mm-hmm. it feels even further. It's true. It's true. And if I perish in one of the two wildfires surrounding Carmel right now, um, just know I, I died doing what I loved, which is potting Blasphemy. with the lads. Yeah, yeah, there we go. That's right. So speaking of far and traveling, that's sort of what our our story brings us to. I got a little summary here, and just to recap... The uh, where we last left off in this uh, five-part holy book of Western society, uh, we had gotten a bunch of names that led us to the uh, to the lineage of this this one guy named Abram. So check it out. Basically, starting from the beginning, we got God telling Abraham to leave his home because he's going to give him land, which is really fun. Uh, he's already got land, but it's okay. He's going to give him more land. And then he shows up, and he builds some structures. He goes here, and like, oh, this is a nice place. He goes here, this is a nice place. And then he regrets his decision because the whole place is suffering from famine. So that's a fun start to the journey. Um, Then he goes down to Egypt because Egypt is not suffering from famine and sells his wife into, like, royal prostitution to the pharaoh. But he does it because he's like, hey, they're going to think that that you're my wife— and uh, they're going to kill me because you're, they want you to be their wife. So you should say that you're my sister. It's like what uh, Jack White did in The White Stripes where he pretended that his wife was his sister as a PR thing. Yeah. And what did that get him? Stopped a bunch of Egyptians from murdering him. So that's true. No, yeah, no Egyptians <laughs> have murdered him at all. Jack White to this as we are recording. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I <laughs> went to press. I mean, and then so basically after that, she she, uh, she goes over there, and Pharaoh is like, or God tells Pharaoh that he's cursed, and Pharaoh is like, "What the fuck? Like, I don't want to fuck married women. I have a set of morals." And Abraham's like, "I didn't know that." And then they get chased out of Egypt because that's not how you meet people. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so uh, it turns out Abraham had been go- uh, had been moving around with his cousin Lot, and Lot and Abraham have way too much shit between the two of them, especially nephew, after cousin nephew. Sorry, sorry, I don't know. Lot, Lot. Okay, so they they um he goes to Jordan, sets up shop in near Sodom, and Abraham stays in the cool place known as Canaan, the place that he's gonna steal later, which is super cool. And then God promises Abram the land for the first time and a bunch of descendants for the first time. He'll do this multiple times. He does it so many times. <laughs> he does this a lot. And this is the first time we've really cemented centuries of geopolitical strife in that region to come. This is also slightly ironic, too, because he's promising him all these descendants and uh, he has zero kids. He has none. So a bunch of uh, invading confederation of nations comes and invades this kind of area, including Sodom and Gomorrah, and they wreck shit. Lot's taken. Every all the surrounding city stuff is taken. Everybody's super pissed off. Abraham or Abram, he's not Abraham yet, suddenly becomes a general, and then he uh, takes three hundred and eighteen men because I think this is like the Judeo-Christian version of the Odyssey, and goes and gets everybody's shit back. And then uh, everybody is super happy, and he's like, oh, dude, don't even worry about it. I'm only going to take my nephew and all my shit back, and you guys can have all your shit back. And everyone is super into him, and everybody likes him, and he's super popular. God promises Abram a bunch of descendants again. Uh, then he does a cool ceremony where he cuts up a bunch of animals, uh, as they, he was one to do, and has a vision of God. God promises Abram that he's going to live for a super long time and die comfortably, but all his descendants are going to be slaves for a really long time because the Amorites need to be taught a lesson. I don't know if you guys caught that, but that was sort of the justification that God gave. And then he promises most of the Eastern Mediterranean to Abram because that's how God works. Uh, Abram's wife, Sarai, tells him to fuck her servant so that they can have a kid, which is this fun thing. And so they do. And then Sarai gets very upset and drives a pregnant woman into the wilderness because she feels bad about herself. Ah, let's see what else I got oh, here. Oh, and then, and then God sends an angel after her. And, yeah, and she's like, you actually have to go back. Like, that lady who was really mad at you for doing the thing that I told you to do, well, you should go back. Well, uh... It says here in my notes that God tells her to go back to her master slash abuser, but, uh, promises her a bunch of kids. So, that seems like a fair trade. Ay, ay, ay. This is so bad. I'm just gonna go out and say it in the middle of the summary. Uh, he also promises that her son will be wild and that no one will like him, and she responds with a bunch of stuff that even in the English is essentially incoherent. I don't know if you remember reading that. I I mean, yeah. There's There's a lot lot of of sentences of just, like, this is technically words, but... Okay, and now we get to the real fun part, the part that really cements this whole thing. The moment you've all been waiting for with baited foreskins. Yep, so basically, uh, after this kid's born, uh, God volunteers Abram, I don't know if you you caught on that, uh, to be his proxy in exchange for a dick skin and a bunch of kids. Uh, And all the kids need to do the dick skin thing as well. And then Abraham, or who becomes Abraham during this point, he gets renamed, does the first good thing in his life and makes sure that God blesses Ishmael too, the son of the slave. So that's nice. That's might be the only good thing he'll ever do. Everyone gets circumcised. Everybody's got their dicks cut. And Abraham gets promised for the third time, his, but also kind of a first, his first non-metaphorical child. And that's the end. Yeah, that's that is just our about it. summary of, of this portion. Hi, yeah, yeah. You gotta say it was a brick. 
It was a brick for me, this whole portion. <laughs> it's an absolute brick. Yeah. You know, because it's like, it's like any series, like number one, it's fresh, it's exciting, they're establishing. Number two, they kind of jack up the stakes, and it's like the Bible reloaded, and then by the third one, they're just sort of, Fucking throwing pasta at the wall. Which is funny, because <laughs> this is actually the first real start of, like, a good chunk of Genesis. Right. I mean, yeah, they're like called... We're, like, we're really getting into the meat and potatoes, because we're going to follow this fucking psychopath yeah, for a while. For a while. Yeah. yeah, right. They had two false starts with, like... I mean, one of these fucking know, the psychopaths. with the figs, and then the guy on the boat, and then... Yeah, now we're stuck with, with these people. I will say, I guess part of the reason why I could see maybe a little bit of value in this is this is where everyone now seems, like, very human. In not good ways. Yes. I, mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, they're fully realized enough to be fucking assholes. Yeah. It's not this weird concept of, like, oh, this is, like, a new world. God's doing all this. And there's no fun, you know, uh, giant fucking orgies. And there's no, like, ridiculous animals on the boat. There's some orgy. I mean, it's really, like, all of these things I don't think necessarily happen, like, with the God thing. But when it, when it comes down to, like, tangible events that these are describing these are all potentially possible and the fun is definitely minimized because of that yeah yeah it's it's not extraordinary and that makes it not funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> and parts of it are still funny to me yeah no it's true um, the whole um, the logic of the egyptians that like it they're like like oh like we would never fuck someone's wife like that's bro code we would just murder them and steal her like it's psycho i mean i don't know that that's their logic well i kind of looked into it and it seemed according to like some of the you know rabbis and stuff but it seemed like what their logic was was that and this is this is real stupid so get ready but it was that if you commit adultery that's you're doing a, a crime over and over again right but if you kill someone that is one crime Okay, but they don't even necessarily share that that value. Well, right. I'm just saying that's why that's why they like these scholars were saying that the Egyptians did this. And also what what they were saying is that they would if they like quote unquote wanted someone's wife, they would just make up some fake shit to charge the guy on and then kill him. Yeah, I don't see it. Everything that we know about the Egyptians so far of this time period literally just comes from this guy Abram telling his wife, "You should pretend to be my sister because I'm pretty sure they'll they'll do this." We yeah. don't have any evidence of yeah. that other stuff, not, and not yeah. because it would be hot. It's not because of that. It's the other reason. <laughs> I also feel like this is a good example again of God selectively being all powerful and then selectively being like totally. Oh, you know, I, I how who could have seen that this mm -hmm. would happen? Because God ends up punishing the Pharaoh for this whole scheme. Right, as if he not didn't... Abraham or Sarai. Like, I can't believe the Pharaoh would do this to this guy who I've, you know, promised a kingdom and generations and generations to. So let's let's kind of cycle back a little bit. We can go through this story kind of like bit by bit by bit, maybe slightly chronologically. I mentioned to you guys before, but I'll say it to the, for, you know, to be on the record of the show. I wanted to call this episode the to coolest the 8 million kid. listeners. Yeah, 8 home. million. Yeah, I wanted to call this episode the coolest kid in Canaan because, um, like I was telling you guys, the whole thing is really written, I think, in a way that is sort of like preemptively defending and making like the father of my civilization is the best guy. Yeah, it's, it's painting Abraham as a playground legend. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's like 
we need to we he can't just be like some random patrician landowner guy he has to be washington crossing the delaware kind of figure yeah and that's sort of what I, what i also got and mean by like kind of the judeo-christian version of the odyssey but yeah. what happens with the odyssey is you have all this intrigue because there's so many mythical creatures and then there's so many like political figures and then there's politics with the, within the realm of the gods but we only have one god and one boring guy so <laughs> yeah i have to say yeah the odyssey much better book than this so far yeah because this guy was the best and you know he was with the best god there's no competition so it's just here's a bunch of successes and why this guy was so cool i do think it is very funny that his nephew comes along like, it's just him and his wife and then his brother's son. Just some fucking unemployed Todd Chavez from BoJack Horseman little shithead. Also, I want to note that just the first great uncle-nephew combo, um, Abraham and Lot walked so that LMFAO could run, you know? <laughs> you know, a fun thing about uh, LMFAO is that one of them is Barry Gordy's son. Who's Barry Gordy? He's like... One of the one of the people who was like the king of Motown. I'm gonna okay. look this up. Was he a musician or was he like a producer? Um, he oh he was the founder of the Motown record label. Oh, and then the music so, historian know. in me is very disappointed in myself, but I listened to the well. Music. You know who's really disappointed in himself is probably Barry Gordy for fathering uh, one of the people in LMFAO. Because I mean, he's probably very sorry on behalf of his son, Party Rocking. That's true. <laughs> it's like, I am so sorry for his party row. Anyway. So, yeah, just just a nephew tagging along. Oh, wait. Okay, wait. Sorry. It's not just... It's the son and grandson of Barry Gordy. Right. That's how uncles work. Hmm. So, oh, we yes. have two My stories so far of cursed families. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> all right. Good stuff. <laughs> Should we... Uh... Should we talk about all the fun uh, gender roles that get explained? Oh to my us god, the gender this? politics of this thing. I mean, we're gonna if we're gonna talk about gender politics, like the, I want to talk about like I would be I would be talking about like Hagar and Sarah because, yeah, Sarah's well, yeah, no, exactly. Just I the first like, white woman in history, kind of a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like just in general, like every woman we've encountered so far. The attitude of the text, and in a way, it seems like God is kind of just like, women, what you gonna do? They don't, you know, they're irrational and crazy. Yeah, it's like it was written by, like, an like an incel 80s sitcom writer. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, broads, they're so kooky. Wait, like, okay, I do want to talk about that. I feel like we, if we're gonna go in chronological order, I mean, I just feel like there's a lot in between. Sure, yeah, that is sort of the, the ending bit. Mm -hmm. That Well, that can be, like, sort of the the icing on this shit cake. The shit with Pharaoh goes down, and then God, like, plagues Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's like, oh, my bad, dude. I, I didn't know I was breaking the bro code. And so he just kind of, like, sends them on their merry way. Well, And they're super rich afterwards and he somehow. gives them he gives them Hagar, the woman that they mistreat later. He gives Probably, them. like, he gives them a bunch that, of I mean, slaves and a bunch in, of cattle. Yeah, the shit I read. Um, I don't know. Well, Pharaoh that... gives them the slaves and stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting, a slightly Epstein-like arrangement. You can hang out with my sister wife, and then I'll give you some cows. I mean, the thing, uh, no, the thing that really bothers me about that whole section and why I was kind of disagreeing with you is because it is kind of like another cementing of the thing we were talking about before, that, like, super mistrustful, xenophobic. Oh, yeah. And like, it's like... He basically tricks Pharaoh into giving him a bunch of stuff and tricks God into cursing him. And he, yeah, he like pranks Pharaoh into cucking him. 
Yeah. He's like, gotcha, you <laughs> fucked my wife. Ha ha. Oh, my God. Well, because wow. th- like th- that's why it's kind of like the... Tw- I think what they thought was the twist, because it's like coming from this kind of shitty perspective, is the twist is like, turns out the Egyptians weren't sa- savages, guys. Isn't that fucking wild? Right. And it's uh-huh. also like the the writers of it being like, like, oh, yeah, the Egyptians were such horny freaks and they thought about horny stuff and orgies all the time. And it's like, maybe you're the horny freak, actually. Yeah. Maybe it's you who needs to work on their, their shit. Because the response of, of, of it afterwards is really just Pharaoh being like, look, if you had just told me that she was your mm. wife, we want to fuck with you. Right. Like, don't trust like don't trust any woman, even if she's pretty. And like, even if she says yeah. that everything is fine, like maybe God will curse you. Um, which is a bad thing. This is a bad thing to teach in the book that explains <laughs> yeah. about how life should be lived. Yeah, I think in our people. like our analysis of the Egyptians, we are we're like we're we're ignoring the like obvious misogyny of it just because it's like duh, and we're not going to dive into it too much. But like, there's no even suggestion by any party that like Sarah is a person. No, like, I feel right. like that should at least be noted. Oh yeah, yeah no for sure. Abram's like, okay, go do this thing, and then we don't even hear her say anything. It's just like, and then she did it, and then she left. The thing that also gets me is this is a little sneak peek because Abraham will will do this exact same thing again. Oh yeah, and it's also a sneak peek of like, um, it's like the first time we see Pharaoh. Oh, Which Pharaoh. It, it, there's a lot yeah, of actually yeah. that kind of reminds me. There's a lot of sneak peeking in this chapter. It's kind of interesting. Like they just to say that Sodom and Gomorrah will be destroyed. Like they're talking about something and they're like, and by the way, this was all before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So it's yeah. like, oh, okay. Um, so we get a sneak peek of that. We get a sneak peek of Zionism. Cause he's just like, you have a claim to this land forever and ever, and you'll have more descendants than stars in the sky. And like, no one can say anything, man. It is. I, I can't get over how many times God says that to Abram before yeah. he gives him a kid. It's mm-hmm. such a dick move. It's like, he's overcompensating. Well, I actually, speaking of overcompensation, I feel like that's kind of the point of this whole portion yeah. where it's like, if you're trying to sell people on a religion, it's got to have some good goodies in there. And so this one's kind of like, yeah, like you might be enslaved for a little while, but you're going to come back and you're going to be fucking loaded. You're going to have this huge piece of land that's guaranteed to you by me, the one and only God. It's such a raw deal, too, that, of course, oh, Abram yeah. takes because it doesn't affect him in any sort of way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll be dead before all this happens. But I mean, your descendants will be slaves for a little while. But also, I don't know if you guys <laughs> caught that line. I said it in my summary, but it's like because there is still some kind of like inequity that the Amorites, previously unmentioned, have to like account for. There's this other people who I haven't blessed or anything like that, but they need to be taught a lesson. And that's why your descendants are going to be slaves. Right. Yeah, there's a certain, it's kind of funny, like, throughout the whole Torah, there's this almost, like, rant-like quality where someone just feels like they're trying to pack in a million different things, and then occasionally they're thrown in, like, and by the way, the Amorites then just move on, yeah. and just like, it's oh, a, you had a lot to get out here. It's a bit of a really... Tarantino movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, can we talk about what I think is uh, the most, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda-esque moment <laughs> of this yes, portion so please. far? Which is that after <laughs> Abram goes on this rescue mission, like, how could the son of a bastard and a blah 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 like he has this little hero <laughs> moment and uh rescues his nephew lot and then you know he has this meeting with all these different generals and they're kind of dividing up the spoils and he's like i won't take anything i want to take so much as a thread or a sandal strap of what is yours you should not say it is i who made abram rich even though it was pharaoh slash god who made abram right. rich 
but it's just like I don't know. Yeah, it's just, like a stand from South Park speech at the end of an episode about how he's like too good for. He's like I'm not a materialist. Like I don't care about owning property except he like owns people. So it's like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, right. Man. He's a slave owner. He's like no one will say that I got slaves because of war. I got them because I told the pharaoh that my wife was my sister, and then I was okay with her being in some sort of pharaoh's harem, and then God cursed him, and then I took her back. I'm the good guy. <laughs> right. It is really wild. Basically, we have this shepherd bro, like kind of like rich nomad guy who does some wheeling and some dealing here and there. If he was in England, he would like drive around a landowner and like oppress his tenant, Land Rover and oppress his tenants. All of a sudden, tenants. the call to arms happen, and he's like, ah, turns out skilled general as well now uh-huh oh yeah let yeah. me uh they i got guess these i kind of didn't armies. consider I, I got these all these things man it's like five different nations rising up against our neighbors don't worry about it i got 300 men yeah this book does kind of imp- <laughs> <laughs> an underlying implication is that war is easy um it's easy peasy lemon squeezy and anyone can do it i guess i'm just thinking about this and like the maccabees which is fun, too, because historically, and, you know, it's it comes after the Torah, Torah, but it's in, like, the prophets and whatever, the Israelite people very much learned that warfare is not easy or squeezy mm, right. or lemon peasy. <laughs> I was just going to say, so far, the historical record of the Jews in warfare, uh, it seems like we're definitely in the L category. Right. And yeah, and it also does this, it, it feels like it's doing this thing where it's like, it keeps painting these David and Goliath stories where the David, like the, the underdog wins. So it's kind of implying like, hey, if you're a, like, if you're a tiny little people and you're up against a big army and you lose, it's because you're bad and weak. Right, right. It's because it's God didn't like you. Yeah. Maybe next time God should have liked you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe next fine. time God should have liked you. It's, it's, no. it's a pretty no. horrible precedent that this... This little segment, this little vignette of mm. fake history really uh, really sets. We're going to see more examples of how uh, absolutely impressively and unrealistically amazing this guy is. And this is all technically kind of before he's a prophet? No, yeah. he's, already talking to, well, he's already talking to God. Yeah, but he's not telling people. I don't think I'm wrong in saying that they're basically trying to frame him as this incredible figure right oh for sure so he has this thing where he's he's got all his slaves and all his people and then he's got his nephew who's got his whole deal and whatever and they're like yo we can't share land there's too many of us and this guy was fucking amazing absolutely crazy fucking forward-thinking visionary goes how about you go that way and I go this way. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. So, so you go on this side of the water, and I'm on this side. And then when we want to talk to each other, we just cross over. Okay? But, like, you can have your shit over here, and I can have my shit over here. And the Bible frames it as, like, wow, what a master of yeah. diplomacy. For, uh, for the listeners at home, when Ayani said this way and that way, he pointed in uh, two different directions. Yeah, no, they do try to paint it as an extraordinary task that he, like, could share. I don't know. All right. Yeah, I feel like there's a certain way, like, people, when they're trying to make some sort of hero, they're trying to project, like, everything that they want to be or that they think their readership or audience wants to be. And so this, like, the ideal person is, like, this rich, landowning, slave-owning, really good at making war has a super hot bastard wife. son of a whore 
son of our $10 founding father with no father, um, who also talks to God. It's like, it kind of, there's like nothing else that you could have at that time. You know, it's like land, money, women, right. arms. It's like, what is this guy, Donald God. Glover? He can do everything, folks. <laughs> A triple threat. It is sort of the blueprint version of like, a biography about someone who's incredibly rich or like even a dictator or like even some of the founding fathers and whatever, where rather than like presenting them as this human being who did a lot of crazy shit, but also had these crazy flaws or, or anything like that, they always go for these really key things. Let's take the story of, I don't know, like Google or like most of these tech companies of being like, oh yeah, we were in a garage. Oh my god, they're obsessed like, with garages, folks. Yeah, or like, yeah. Uh, or, or or even like dictators when they're like, nah, I was I was born, my father was killed in the war, blah blah, blah you know, and I I saw this and whatever, and they they always hit these same beats, and this is part of where it comes from. But the Abraham version of it is, I was rich, and then I left my family and all my land because someone promised me more of it. Yeah, he's like right. the equivalent of a guy who's like, you know, one day I just, I quit my job at Salesforce and I went to Peru. I just had to. A voice told me <laughs> yeah, I had to do right. it. Or it's like, I took a minor $1 million inheritance from my father, Fred Trump, the slumlord, and look, I became a billionaire. Look at all my, uh, you know, look at my struggle. In a, in a fucked up way, societies all around the world we love that story. Oh, for sure. That's Even why they when we know it. it's not real. And it's just like, yeah. this is, oh, like, fuck, is this where this comes from? Somebody told somebody else that this story was good, and they just took their word for it and being like, I'm not a cultivator of taste. I don't, well, I guess maybe this is just because I'm really cynical. I don't know, like, hero worshipy stories, like, rarely do it for me. Like, I'm way more entertained by, like, you know, if I'm reading history or something, like, the people who compel me most are, like, crazy egomaniacal psychos or like or just like people who are not like heroes you know what i mean or not like a perfect hero because i just don't think they're out there and i don't even think that's compelling like to draw a really way less sophisticated example um i'm watching this vampire show right now called true blood um and there's one vampire named bill who's supposed to be mr good guy for most, of the, most, most of the show and he's really fucking boring he's like supposed to be a former Confederate officer who like got turned into a vampire in the Civil War and he's like Mr. Courtesy and Chivalry and blah blah blah. But then about halfway through the show it realizes that this other vampire, Eric, is much hotter because he's like a huge dickhead, but he's like kinda cool. So I'm just saying that <laughs> that uh you know, heroes aren't real and uh vampires real complicated are. people are much more interesting. Yeah, and vampires are for sure. Anyway, True Blood's a really good show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, it's okay. Live, live your truth, dog. I apologize for that. Yeah. The the fun stuff is the fun stuff is a not only normally real like the not fun stuff is usually made up because they're trying to portray an image of themselves or someone who's trying to get a, a message across. But the fun stuff is usually also like not glorious because if it were glorious, it wouldn't be fun. And there's an interesting almost flip side to that. It's like we publicly want to talk about people as these big heroes whether they're silicon valley people or politicians but then you kind of look at people's actual tastes and the things that really take off and it's like tiger king wild wild country it's these just like flaming wreckages of poor decision making and mm -hmm. bad people i don't know it's kind of an interesting it's like i think people try and have it both ways sometimes, that's why the noah like, story is good because it's like it, it does both kind of it, it presents this hero and then it's also like also he's like drunk and like maybe got cast like <laughs> Just like crazy family shit. 
That's why right. that was more... And it's kind of funny that two weeks later you say that it was a good story because we definitely unanimously voted to bin it. Well, that's before I read this shit, dude. Maybe I should have fucking counted my blessings. Yeah, that's true. Should we talk about ladies? <laughs> Wife swap canine oh, edition. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, he... They really are just, they do, when I, when I wrote down the comment about, like, how it's written by, like, incel 80s sitcom writers, I was specifically referring to how they made Sarah just, like, the craziest B-word they could yeah. muster. I feel like it's, like, um, there was that Steve Harvey book. Act Like uh, a Woman, Think called? Like a Man. Yeah, I feel like it's like from that school of gender studies where it's like we couldn't we wait, couldn't wait, wait, possibly wait, to... wait, sorry, can you contextualize this for me? <laughs> There's Is this a something Steve you Harvey read in book. college? No, Steve, no. Steve Harvey, the game show host? Yeah, I know Steve Harvey. The guy with the mustache. Yeah, the no guy who you're not allowed to look in the eye. Yeah, no one's assigning the guy who's Steve like, who's Harvey. Just, his whole bit is like insulting people on Family Feud. Right, or saying something, setting someone up to make a sex joke, and then they make it, and he and he's is like, very on. upset. He acts, <laughs> yeah. he acts like they told him about sex for the first time. He's like, what the hell? That shit so, is I'm nasty. Sorry. So, for, further context <laughs> for me and my uneducated self, uh, he wrote a book. That makes sense. He called it... What, uh, is that what it's called? Can you look... Let me look it up. It's act called like a woman, think like a man. Is that something? What it's, called? it's called act like a lady, think like a man. That's what you... you know. Okay, I I should preface this by saying I haven't read this book. Oh no, so me I don't know what it Actually, says I think it's just like a punchline I... of a book. Yeah, um, but I just feel like in general there's a school of thinking about gender and like women where people are like, we'll never understand them. Women are from Venus and men are from Mars. <laughs> so like, as a result, like all their actions make no sense and like why bother trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, and I feel like that's kind of what's going on here. Where I feel like here, if we just take the text at face value, Sarah is just being awful. But yeah, but we have to yeah, con contextualize it with jerk. the fact that some dudes put that woman onto the page. Like she doesn't exist. She is a character that was written by dudes. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And not only that, but in the situation, it's like she's supposed she's trying to be like the mother to a nation here that's the expectation being put on her it's like well it's like god promised me that i was gonna be the patriarch and like i was gonna be exceedingly fertile which is a construction they use over and over again so it's like i really need that son yeah it's more of that god being she's a in a bind thing yeah no absolutely just yeah. like, absolutely see the, go to the beach look at how many pieces of sand there are that's how many children essentially that you're gonna have. It's like, okay, well, let's start with like, one. Yeah, can I have one? Yeah. Let's yeah. start with just also, the first. Once again, Sis is the same god who uh, who made one man out of dirt and the other and the first woman out of a rib, and then it's like, well, infertility, like, what could I do about well, that? Well, Josh, would you rather eat dirt or would you rather eat a plate of ribs? Or at I least... think I rest my case that the Bible <laughs> is feminist. Oh, yeah. Nice. That should, you should tweet that. Yeah, that's, that, that's what you should contribute should, to the internet. Yeah. I, I contribute <laughs> that's on the higher quality end for the record um <laughs> yeah but yeah it's well yeah so it's like it's like a double fuck you it's like a, a first it's like a fuck you to sarah because it's like look at this broad like she doesn't know what she wants isn't that hilarious and then it's a fuck you to hagar who's like hey like oh you don't like being a slave who is like used as a surrogate for your master mistress who's now abusing you like too bad. You have to go back to her. Like, I'm God. I'm going to send right. an angel to make it's, you go back. Sarah basically is like, is like, hey, you should have sex with my husband. And then she does. And she's like, how's my husband's dick taste, you fucking whore? I hate you. I'm going to kill you. And oh, and there's like a um, there's like an implication that it kind of like 
Hagar, like, by being given, like, the, you know, the utmost more this sort of resource or this sort of, like, extra claim than a normal slave woman would have that, like, oh, like, she gets all kind of uppity now. She says, yeah. like, now that she, so Sarah says, now that she's pregnant, I am lowered in her esteem. So kind of like, oh, she doesn't think, oh, it doesn't quite listen in the same way or something. I also, I feel like th- this is, like, intersectionally bad, like, you know, ah, like, this is, like, like a not lot just, things. like, well, yeah, this is not just, like, normal sexism. It's just, like, every different grady, gradient of, like, all the different women in this situation are all being fucked in unique That's ways. why I said Sarah is the first white woman, because she, she exists in this weird axis of, like, privilege and... Right, she's not on top, oppression. but she sure right. as shit is not going to be on the bottom. Yeah. Right. And she will do yeah. whatever she can to make sure that there's at least someone she can and look It's also funny for. how, like... When when there starts to be drama between like when when Hagar and and Sarah start to go at each other, a- Abraham is like, "Listen, I don't fucking do drama. You guys figure this out. <laughs> yeah. Treat her however yeah, you true. want." And then Sarah's like, "Okay, I I will treat her like shit." <laughs> the um, yeah. this is technically a New Testament yeah. reference, but I use it a lot in my daily life. Is uh, in the story of Jesus, there's the Roman governor Pontius Pilate who goes, "Oh, I wash my hands of this." being literally like y'all figure it out Uh and Uh this is where it starts because abraham was just like oh this seems really complicated maybe the best way for you guys to figure this out if i go to the bar and get a brewski (laughs) exactly it's like so (laughs) i'm gonna go to my tents and take my pants off yeah (laughs) um i feel like that like wash my hands of it thing is kind of the default attitude of like every man in this so far it's like god like creates stuff and it's kind of like ah i fucked up but like i don't know what to do and then Adam is like, ah, well, Eve made me eat the apple even though you said I shouldn't. But, like, I don't know. I didn't have any control over what I did. And Actually, it almost recontextualizes it almost as a personality trait where, like, of Abram. He goes to Egypt and is just kind of like, ah, things might get a little dicey if you're my wife. My wife. So I'm, uh, I'm going to wash my hands of this whole situation so and true. you're my sister. And then he, he gets all the fucking treasure and all the slaves and all the possessions back. And he's like, ah, divvying this up might be kind of hard. So I just take back what's mine and I wash myself of this whole yeah. situation. His epitaph is just going to say, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he just wants it. He just wants it both ways. But yeah, I just like can't believe. I mean, not that I was going back thinking oh, I'm going to read this and it's going to be like so progressive and so full of wisdom. But like I had some expectations, but I just like cannot believe how You thought like, there would be something. It is all the time. Here's a here's a fun quote. And the angel of the Lord said to her, and this is Hagar, "Go back to your mistress and submit to her harsh treatment." Like, yeah, that's it's like that's a command the... from God. It's like, "Hey slave, like be a slave." It. Yeah, it's fucking yeah, insane. It's just, I wrote yeah. down that line too cuz it's one of the most ridiculous lines. Cuz it's just like, "Yeah, man, sorry your life sucks." Yeah, I had so okay. <laughs> that's so, what this religion's about. So it's I just had like, take it. proposed a segment called like God is a cop or something, and I think this is when it would get pulled out because God straight up yeah. deploys an angel as a slave catcher. Yeah, and just like slavery, they name a fucking they name a like a landmark after some stupid racist bullshit. They're like so after the angel tells uh, Hagar to go back, then they just. Named the spring where it happens, the well of the living one who sees me. Like, isn't that a nice thing? Yeah, let's fucking knock that shit over like a Confederate monument. (laughs) Yeah. Also, it's super fucked up. Part of this whole, like, go back to your abuser aspect that's in this Mm -hmm. book, too. You're right. God basically deploys an angel to be like, hey, like, you're a slave, you're property, you have to go back to where you are. And then Hagar 
thanks the angel. Mm-hmm. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, you're so right. <laughs> She's like, stupid, stupid, stupid. What was I, I thinking? I forgot about and it. After, and after everything, what she gets is a son who is promised to be a dickhead. That's true. And you shall bear a son. You shall call him Ishmael. For the Lord has paid heed to your suffering. He shall be a wild ass of a man <laughs> and everyone's hand against him. That doesn't necessarily, that just means he's going to be like, he's going to like have Steve-O vibes, I think, you know? Doesn't mean he's going to be a bad guy. He's just going to maybe like duct tape himself to a billboard every once in a while. Oh, I don't know. Timely. I just can't imagine someone being like, I've heard your suffering. Therefore, I'm going to give you a son who everyone hates. <laughs> just like, yeah. That's just like, that's like a level of cynicism that only the Democratic Party could. Oh, I have, uh, I have Democratic Party I've heard takes. your problems. And so, but I you know, also, fuck you, I'll give you half of what you want. Obviously, Hagar is a slave and she should be like, we should frame the story in that way. But it's also interesting to frame the story as like Sarai and Abram are just like a weird old poly couple who's just like <laughs> dragging Hagar into their shit. Um, they're like, we're fine with it. We do this all the time. <laughs> right, exactly. Turns out they lied. It was the first time they ever did it. And one of them is super not happy about it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, right. Like classic, the way Pharaoh says the slaves can go and then changes his mind. That's how Sarah is with the open relationship. She's like, nope, never mind. I hate this. I'm jealous. I hate it. I'm going to be mean. I hate this. One thing I think, well, just as I like one other thread I wanted to add to the like, God is a cop aspect of this um which is that like over and over again abraham keeps getting described the terms of this deal like okay you're gonna be the number one jew you're gonna have tons of kids you're gonna be rich you're gonna have tons of land and they also keep talking about how he's gonna get to rule over people like that's this awesome thing is like you're gonna get to dominate and like be number one um and they're talking about like oh sarah's gonna get something pretty cool too out of this because rulers of people shall issue from her aka she'll be like the mom to a bunch of kings or something but i don't know i feel like that's just another aspect of like you know what's great like dominating people being number one oh, totally like being the ruler like it's all like very pro master pro ruler and you know pro pro cop you know what is kind of funny just as you were saying that that i thought though he promises abram this guy this but just because this whole thing is kind of one big story so i'm gonna cycle back uh he kind of gets a chance to like be a leader when they do the whole divvying up of the spoils, when he takes back every everything from the war and whatever, and t again, totally abdicates from it. Well, but it, it but then it paints it as him being like noble. In reality, he just doesn't like know how to do long division, so he's like, I am above it. Like, no, dude, fucking, <laughs> just try to remember. You know, we have, it's well established at this point that it seems like Abraham's a shitty guy. Um, he does one thing in this portion that I I actually laughed out loud at because I thought it was such a good thing that he did. And I was really redeemed. It is that when God finally proposes the steal, like, actually, like, you know, I know you slept with Hagar, but actually I'm going to give Sarah that kid anyway, just because you've been my number one kid. And then Abraham thinks that's so funny. He throws himself on <laughs> his face and laughs as he said, can a child be mourned to a man a hundred years old or can Sarah bear a child at 90? Like, I don't know. I just thought it was fun it's... that he's just fucking laughing in God's face. Oh, yeah. No, I like that this too. Whole proposition i was like all right abraham like you know maybe you're all right it actually speaks to his overall maybe cluelessness as a character of just kind of like he's he's already been bumblefucking his way all over this fucking middle east right and then yeah. the one true god supposedly goes all right this is what i'm gonna give to you and he's just like no you're not Oh, yeah, and this is after, by the way, a flaming oven descends from the sky after he cuts a goat in half and promises to make him 
like the patriarch of a whole nation and he's like yeah but like really like a kid you're gonna give me a kid i'm, I'm my wife's 90 <laughs> like, you know he might be a, i don't know he might be a super shitty person but at least he's grounded <laughs> he may be bad but at least he's fucking Listen, stupid if too. ishmael doesn't get his act together he's gonna be the one who gets grounded <laughs> actually speaking of ishmael i would say this is actually a, another point in abram's soon to be abraham's favor um, that I briefly mentioned in the summary that I do think was nice. He does try and make sure that God blesses Ishmael too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen, I, could you throw like, in a I little? Think, could you throw one in? I think for a friend. This is a total inference, and uh, it doesn't make it any better. I do think again, if we're looking at Abraham as a character, I do think he feels a little guilty about the whole Hagar situation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not for Hagar, but at least for the kid of just being like, I thought that my wife was okay with this. Yeah. And uh, it's yeah. just a big that yeah, was weird. But that said, like, at the end of the day, despite him, you know, trying to look out for Ishmael, like, ultimately, like, how I read that situation was just the slaves and the descendants of slaves being the ones who get fucked. Like, Abraham hooks up with Hagar, they have Ishmael, and like Ishmael, you know, he doesn't end up being cursed or anything, but God's kind of like, well, I'm going to have my covenant, my little special relationship with Isaac, you know, whose mom is not a slave, just so you know. Right. There's there's, there's a difference between these two kids. Who can say what it is, but I think I like Isaac more. Um, There's just, I feel like there are two-fifths of him that I like, that are just there in a way that just Ishmael, that's just not working for me somehow. That's a very good take. Um, uh, yes, can it's we talk an about? Take. Can yeah. we talk oh, about yeah. the the name change when God gives him gives them both Hayes in their name so that instead of Abram and Sarai, they are Abraham and Sarah? Because you earlier mentioned Josh, you earlier mentioned the Democratic Party, and that is the most symbolic Democratic Party shit I can think of. Is just giving them new <laughs> letters in their name. Yeah, that's uh-huh. like it's the equivalent of the, like some Democratic mayor like being like, you want us to defund the police? OK, I'll make a mural that says Black Lives Matter in front of Town Square. Like right. it just like, fucking I'm not, I'm not Senator Pelosi. Like, you know, I'm I'm Nancy X and like I'm going to wear a kente cloth now. Right. It's just, oh my just God. the birth of identity <laughs> politics right oh, here. Yeah. Well, we've been circling around this like the knife of a moil. We might as well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, might as well plunge it in. Let's get to plunging. Circumcision, Let's folks. It's happening. Circumcision. So just to recap, like, now that Abraham and God have sealed the deal, God's like, okay, now you and all your followers and all your slaves who are men, you all have to get circumcised right now. As a, And everyone who, you know, everyone in your line going forward will also have to be circumcised just so you remember Mm-hmm. Are sweet, are sweet, but sweet they'll friendship. get to do it as babies, and you have to do it as a fully grown man in front of your as son. an hundred year old your son. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, I, I feel like it. if you're already a hundred, it wouldn't be that hard. Like you could probably just like give it a good twist, and it would come off on its own. I, it would, no, like I don't think it would dust. be <laughs> as physically hard. I think definitely it's probably emotionally harder for him. That's true. You've had much more time of like and you'll remember it. Yeah, of him being like, "Well, I need you to cut off a bit of your dick," and he's like, "Well." I've kind of been really into my dick my whole <laughs> life, all 100 years. We've been of through it. so much together. He's kind of my special little also, guy. Also, real talk, he doesn't even volunteer for this. No, no one volunteers for shit. God, I just mean, actually, people. Um, here's some. I did a. So I know, uh, John, you were looking at some of the rabbinical commentary. Um, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I was googling the uh, history of circumcision. Yeah. Um, 
How old do you think circumcision is as a world tradition? Um, younger than we think. I'm gonna I'm gonna venture or old. Ioni, what do you think? I know. I don't know for sure, but I can imagine it has to at least be congruent with the spread of a Greek Hellenistic culture. You guys are both way off. It's got to be at least as old as my dad, but (laughs) continue. (laughs) Um, It is apparently the oldest known human surgical procedure. It was the first thing that occurred to us, apparently. Uh, It's about 7,000 years old. Um, I sent a picture of this to the group chat with the boys, but there are ancient Egyptian carvings of circumcisions happening. Yeah, Um, it's super duper old. And it was like all throughout different parts of the world. Um, Aborigines did it, Sumatrans, Incas, Aztecs, Mayans, Egyptians. It makes a ton of sense to me, though. It really does. Because That's true. Yeah. No, from, from literally just the perspective of like, hey, my dick keeps getting infected. It's like, oh, why is that? Well, I keep getting dirt in it, and then I don't clean it out. And then all this shit kind of like builds up in there and whatever. And someone right being... and that was when clothes were like duvet covers made of like raw wool. Exactly. And shit. It's like you're gonna want to shed shed however many you know however many layers. So then, in any way possible. but like okay, fine. If you then show your a- show your asshole shut if you're gonna be worried about no, stuff you getting in your poop. body. No, then you can't poop. Oh what? No, then you can't poop. That's so not the same thing. Yeah, yeah it's nowhere. Near. Oh, your armpits are stinky. Chop your arm off. <laughs> it's nowhere near. Because I could see yeah. it as someone, as someone kind of like doing a cyberpunk mod of the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my god, it's like the soylent of their day. Yeah, just being like, hey, check it out. So everyone else has their foreskin. <laughs> But every time I, wake I go up to and the I river, rise and grind. Yeah. I'm so fucking sleek. When I go to the river, I wash my ears, I wash my armpits, I wash my crotch. Don't gotta worry about my foreskin though, because I am making money on money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The money's working for me, not the other way around. <laughs> um, so an aspect I was thinking about, um, Ayana, you mentioned it earlier about how Abraham kind of rallies his posse of his house, and you know there are like a couple hundred of them. In the covenant, God says they all have to be circumcised. So, um, oh, and it says that Abraham personally circumcises all of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's born with his son, and, he's, and then he just goes on for all other the, the other 300 of them. He does it in one swift cut, though. That's the amazing <laughs> yeah, part. That's true. That's true. And then he, like, resheaths the katana and, like, walks away, and they're all still standing. <laughs> and then a couple seconds later, then it all falls off. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm just thinking about, like, Imagine this 99-year-old man performing 318 straight circumcisions. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, to, like, by, by a couple adults. hundred in, he's gonna he's getting shaky. That's true. Yeah, and he's just is like a couple hundred in Gatorade. No, couple hundred in. Now he knows what he's doing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You really so want it's the, you it's really, the early birds that got. You really want to be in like I think 125 to like 175. That's the range you want to be in. You know, why are all the men in the Bible so old so far? I feel like that's thrown a bit of a bone to, like, the creepy old dudes who are reading this. Uh, I think they... they're the only ones who, like, knew how to read. Can I be you know? the most flippant about it? Mm-hmm. Oh, Ayani, this is an irreverent podcast where we give our sarcastic take on the greatest story ever told. <laughs> okay? Be more than flip, my good man. Uh, no, I, I, I literally think they just didn't 100% understand how the numbers work. Someone was like... He was 120 years old, and someone else was like, he was 120 seasons old, you fucking idiot. And they're like, I don't, 
really know the difference between those two things. Uh huh. Or it was like it was a really long time ago, so he must have been five hundred years old. Yeah, I just know like <laughs> like object permanence or anything. Yeah. They're just yeah. like it's like oh, I just like I heard about this because some and of other course priest told yeah, my and then of course the uh, yeah. the defense of it would be like, well, how old is a mountain? So that someone's like, okay, <laughs> fuck, right, I can't answer that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about yeah. of course, but sure, yeah, that would be the You get what I'm saying, though, like, the, of just being like, okay, like, I guess it was super long ago. I guess I can't know. So I guess you, big fancy priest man, you say it's 500. But, but it how stupid do you have to be to be like, okay, he lived 500 years ago, so that means when he was alive, he was 500 years old. Like, are you a toddler? I don't think. Yeah, it, it does have the, like, the conspiracy math angle where they sort of have the result that they want and then they're like how do we how do right. we make this all add up 32 that's just um, 23 backwards yeah absolutely 23 i don't reverse. think it's necessarily stupidity i think it's it's just worse it's faith <laughs> damn i went to uh i went to a lecture once um nerd rather than well no it was it was like part of the confirmation process at my synagogue okay cool and like rather than class that day that's, they had some i'm sorry you said cool, no man. but that's that's double yeah nerd. no it's true it's true yeah, they had some MIT physicist guy who's a really devout Jew, and his his like life's work was finding like physics answers to Torah questions. You know what I mean? And like, how could there be seven days of creation when the universe is X many billions years old? Um, I fell asleep like instantly in that. It was awesome. I slept the whole time, and then he called me out when I woke up, and he said, "It's good. Sleep is good for you. If your body is telling you to sleep, you should sleep." That's awesome. <laughs> I like this guy again. Yeah. Um, I had an idea for a segment, something called like rewrites room or like if I was God or I don't know, just like us like rewriting the story. Uh, those are two very, <laughs> very so different, different levels. <laughs> I'm into it though. Of the production you know, we're just process. Sort of like, okay, so like you take a moment that's like the big moment of whatever the portion is. So like maybe sealing the deal of the covenant or like you need to be the father of a nation, but you can't have kids. And then like we just write an alternate version of that. I'm into that. I just think it could be sort of fun and just a way to break up the like talking, talking, talking. Like there could be like a, oh, you know, maybe we like pre-write it a yeah. little bit. Well, and it's also like we talk so much shit, but it's like, it, like the response to us talking shit is like, you got a better fucking idea. So it's like, maybe we should come prepared with some better yeah. ideas. I can, yeah. I'll, I'll fucking improvise a better idea right now. Go for well, it. So yeah. How would you seal the deal of the covenant? The covenant? Rather than, very simple. rather than, than chopping the, chopping the hang danglers. Abram, do me a favor. Don't talk to me about your dick. Number one. <laughs> Number two, I'm going to give you some things, uh, but I'm going to make them difficult for you to have. You have to earn them. It's kind of like getting a promotion at a company. I'm going to ask that uh, that place that you stay right now, if you could just stay there and maybe not antagonize any of your neighbors, <laughs> that would be super cool. Uh, all of your slaves are going to have to go. They can go wherever. Uh, all your sons, you know. I'll, I'll give them some stuff. Some of them are going to be good. Some of them are going to be bad. Some of them will own shit. Some of them won't. Uh, you know, I'm going to do my best to kind of look after you. That's fine. And uh, give me your dick skin. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. John, what about you? For specifically what the covenant should have been? What the covenant should be or like how you were going to ritualize it or just like how do you make sure that thing, how you make sure it lasts? Just just pinky promise, I would say. <laughs> you don't need, why make someone cut a, I mean, listen, are we going to, how about just like cut a cool little symbol into your hair, like G for God, and then it'll grow back. Oh, I like that. 
<laughs> thing. Or like when high schools like put a big letter on a hill that's like CHS. Well, then you there's kind of the ritual of like you got to go back to the barber every month. Right, so you don't forget. What if that <laughs> to make, maintain your forehead? Yeah. What if what if yeah. our foreskins were like that? And we had to go back to the barber. Oh every my month. god! <laughs> wow, just get your shape up. <laughs> Even me out. I want it to look like a staircase. Say no more. Say, oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah. See, I feel like so I don't know why this pops into my head, but I was just thinking about like high school and middle school and how having like a common normal kid with something slightly different about them really unites people. In like making fun of them um like there's this kid um there's this kid in my high school who i think just like one time like wasn't wearing shoes and then everyone just started calling him shoeless joe Hell like because yeah. apparently there's some old-timey baseball legend named shoeless joe jackson mm -hmm. and just like everyone just called this kid shoeless or shoeless joe and i feel like god should have found someone who you know not something like really really bad to make fun of them for but just like not wearing shoes a single time and then just showed him to the israelites and been like I don't know. It's a way to bond people. So find some guy with no shoes, which by the probably was everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, I don't know. There's a it's, lot. It's of not the most talk. well developed plan. Not the most well developed. I plan, mean, I think as a, I think a nice ritual for sure would be that every time you come across someone with an inordinate amount of wealth who hoards it, you string them up by their intestines. And watch yeah, them bleed oh, out. Yeah, man, if it was like a fully anti-capitalist covenant, it was just like any person who has more than like five sheep, like you just burn down their house. That'd yeah. be cool. No, what you actually do is you just slaughter their sheep in front of them and be like, look what it got you. Well, no, you got to have to like, <laughs> you take the sheep and you give it to the people. Like an 100% wealth tax above a certain amount. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That'd be fun. Like the way to honor me, your cool woke god is equality that seems like an awesome Wait, godly promise mm. i have an idea because right now it's that men have to be circumcised right okay so just how about if it's just women who have to be circumcised oh that's a fun take and then we get off scot-free just kidding oh yeah and then the men just wash their hands of it and yeah like... yeah i have a friend who is he's like gone on off on rants to me about how much like pleasure we are robbed of by being circumcised is he circumcised? Guess, yeah, oh. he's Jewish. He's like, do you know how much fucking how many fucking nerve endings we have in our foreskin? He doesn't know either. He know <laughs> no, he knows. That's <laughs> listen. He knows. I don't know what he he knows, man. Are the anti-circumcision people though? I would have to imagine. There are like some a kind lot, of... and I don't necessarily think it's the craziest ideology. I mean, it's 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 maybe misplaced and kind of it is it is funny and like a thing that I laugh at, but it's not crazy to be like, "Hey, I wish they didn't cut off part of my dick when I was 8 days old." That's not like the craziest fringe opinion. No, I don't think it's the craziest fringe opinion, but I do also wouldn't really equate it to like female No, no, totally. I was I was no, being No, that's like a gross. No, 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 no. I'm not I'm not saying that you were, but I guess for anyone yeah. who might be no, like I'm thinking about it. No, I'm saying people who do that yeah. are just like are like co-opting this like awful thing that actually happens and talking about a pretty different right thing which you can do it happens. without you can be like hey like without bringing up like fucking female genital genital mutilation like hey it's kind of weird that we still do this a little bit well well the kind of funny thing about the circumcision debate that i was just now thinking is people are kind of mad about it because they're like ah it's this like ridiculous thing and like it's so over the top and we're just doing it because this ancient book told us to like we don't have to do that anymore and then there's also i'm sure some of those same people would be like yeah and well like if 
you know, like Israel can never be wrong because it's, it was promised to us in the Bible. Mm. And like, I don't. Know, I don't think I don't there's a know lot the of Venn diagram of those people. I know that they exist because people will never <laughs> cease to amaze me. Yeah, in their I think it's a pretty small in how they view. The I'm world. saying more just that, like, the circumcision thing is like a great example of like kind of the shocking present day consequences of literally doing what the Bible tells you to do exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to chop off your dick when you're eight days old. It's like, whoa, what? Like, do we still have to do that? Whereas, but then if you use that same logic in like a geopolitical land dispute with like thousands of year old roots, like, I don't know, like it's, you can't just okay, like, I, I, don't know, I get what you're saying. I don't know how many people, I don't know how many people you're going to find that are like, listen, Israel has a right to defend itself and I have a right to defend my foreskin. What you're saying is basically that like, there is a, there is a segment of the population, particularly Jewish population, particularly a population that all 30 of us knows that will simultaneously look at something like circumcision, not necessarily circumcision, and be like, that's super antiquated oh, or and like, doesn't make any like sense. Like, they'll say that about, like, and like anti-gay Christians. Yeah. And, and then and, turn around and defend Israel. Or just for be, sure. Or yes. just their own relationship with the LGBTQ community and be like, oh, well, just because it's in the Bible doesn't, you know, make it true. Like, we have love and we can accept these people. And then when you take something else that's also from the Bible— make some sort of criticism of Israel, then they go to the, like, well, Israel has a right to defend itself, yeah. and the Jewish people are supposed to be there. And, like, and I was in yeah. Tel Aviv once, and I saw two girls kiss on the beach, so how do you, how dare you say that they're, they could be bad? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's my point. It's like, I, whatever, however I said it, it's like, I'm not trying to say that, like, anti-circumcision means pro-Zionism. I'm just saying, like, if you take the Bible literally, then, like, you gotta take it all literally. It, yeah, and so you end up just like having to do a lot of stuff you probably wouldn't want to you do. You know, I also I feel I feel like there's probably is a lot of crossover between people who are vehemently like anti circumcision, like dudes who are upset that their foreskin is gone, and dudes who are upset about the age of consent. Like I feel like it's a very libertarian take to be like, "Where's my foreskin? Give it back." Uh-huh. I, I was- guess I, I mean it kind of goes back to kind of the difference between those two versions, like the male and female circumcision, whatever. Of like, I think yeah, there's a fair debate to be had about whether or not all the circumcision stuff should be done, or whether they need consent and whatever. But like. Our dicks don't get ruined. I mean, like, in cases it happens and whatever, but, like, we haven't lost some kind of fundamental function. No, they just are, they, you know, they look funny. Potency. Well, the other guys look funny, to be fair. We, ours look um, normal and theirs look like little chickens. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I've had a bagel. It's at my local bakery. It's like a, the bun is like a circular bagel wrap with a hot dog inside. Anyway. Um, I feel like uh, circumcision is like the first bad arbitrary thing that happens to men so far in the Torah. Like thus far, it's just like God decided well, this thing, and, and like besides, now all like, women have birth pains. Slavery, which happens to everybody, but like yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, slavery was pretty like, arbitrary. A thing, that, a thing that like God introduces, right? You know what I mean? Like a decision. That's actually very interesting that you said that. I didn't really think. I didn't think of this last time, but it is weird how even in the Bible, slavery seems to be a human institution that God just rolls with. Interesting, yeah. Well, he kind of sets it into motion. But, like, Noah is the one who's just like, ah, yeah, this is how this is going to happen. And then God's like, I guess that's fine. God is like, that is a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, I like that, yes. 
So then I don't know that that, that just yeah, struck me. Yeah, it's as, just yeah, it's it's like pro slavery from the jump. It's pro, pro slavery from the jump, but it is weird that it it actually is not according to the text itself. It's not divinely ordained. Well, it's more it, like well, divinely. It, um, yeah, that's well, a good point. Yeah, no way. God, God's just sort of like, eh, sure. Be God is the best. Oh, man. I love God. <laughs> I love what? God. I love being Jewish. <laughs> being Jewish mm. is my God. Mm. <laughs> um, what percentage of men in the UK would you guess are circumcised? Ooh, single digits. We're going nine. Are circumcised. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I would say double digits below 13 to 20. 3%. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, which that's a pretty big shock to me. I mean, again, it's this Europe. Was, this is from a paper in 2005, so maybe in the last decade and a half, um, you know, things have been changing. Oh, they do stuff different over there, man. But apparently in the UK and Scandinavia, 3 to 4% versus 77% of males in the I feel like in, in Scandinavia, it's been a long-standing tradition that if you have extra skin, you keep it to shield yourself from the cold. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. like, hey, doctor, don't get rid of that tumor. It's, uh, I don't know why I did that voice, but the idea is that's... Hey, oh! I'm in Oslo. The idea is that somebody. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the idea being that somebody would want to keep a tumor because it keeps them warm mm-hmm. instead of getting rid of it to prevent cancer. Would circumcision maybe be like a warm climate privilege thing? Does that seem. I mean, I imagine that people get swamp foreskin. Right? I feel like they gotta. I regret my comment. <laughs> I now. mean, listen. <laughs> Uh, it's interesting. Games. I feel like there's like no environment really that's ideal for having foreskin. You know what I mean? Like I feel like no matter where, because if you're in a cold place, you're wearing stuff to keep you warm, and if you're in a hot place, you're hot. Southern Italy seems like a nice place to be able to have a foreskin. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? You're on the Amalfi <laughs> Coast, like in a villa, and you're like, ah, isn't it nice to be? On Listen, my dream. I want to retire to the south of Italy, and just for my last few years, just get a get a foreskin back. Get a get a grab. Listen, I don't have any regrets. I just would like to live some of my just life with one, you know? It is funny that like if you grow up Jewish or Muslims are circumcised too, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you grow up Jewish or Muslim, like odds are you'll go a super long time before ever seeing an uncircumcised penis. I was a teen, first time I saw one. No, it's odd because if you've only like seen your dick and you're like, Oh, well, this is the only frame of reference I have, but if you think of it from like a a, a kind of more general sense if you grow up seeing animal dicks of any kind like i don't know if you know but they have they have more than four skins right they, they have, have five or six five skins <laughs> they have <laughs> but also my buddy was uh-huh. washing dogs uh he did that for a really long time made, made pretty good money doing it and whatever and and i remember him telling me a story of him washing a super old dog and its penis fell out of its shaft or it's like chief oh. thing, like it didn't fall out and like become detached, but like it was so old that it basically lost its ability to keep its penis in its foreskin, and it just kind of like ah, bloop. Yeah, there's no top on the lipstick. I feel like if <laughs> yes, I feel yeah. like if you never, if you go your whole life and you never, I'm speaking like this is just for this is heteronormative, just for straight guys. But if you go your whole life never seeing an uns- uncircumcised dick, you're going to be very ill-prepared when you see a vagina. You know what I mean? 
No. What? I don't know. No, <laughs> no I don't know what you mean. More. <laughs> I, like, I feel like... It's not a prerequisite like the, to see com- an uncircumcised dick before you see it. If the complexity of an uncircumcised dick is, like, shocking to you, like, just yeah. wait. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Is that uh-huh. not... Well, never mind. Uh, Simpleton. It's a, it's a take. I mean, I, I will say that I see a through line just in the sense that, like, we're not taught, like, that much about bodies, like, period. Period. You know what I mean? Like kids just have no idea what's going on, and then we're like, hmm, they don't they don't need to know about it until they're married. Yeah, it or is. really until they have a daughter. You know, I feel like that's the that's the first time a man in America is expected to really know. We give people so much credit for that of being like, I didn't think women mattered until I had one that was my progeny. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that women's health was important until I married one. It's like, right. Or it's even worse it, when it it's all. like, until I had a daughter. Cause it's like, okay, so then what's, <laughs> yeah. Like fuck your wife. Like, yeah. what did she doesn't need anything? It's like, Oh, yeah. okay. It's cool to know that you walk around with like a certain amount of disdain for half of our population. That probably makes you like well-adjusted. Speaking of well-adjusted, I feel like ha- not having a uh, foreskin leaves me at kind of an advantage when it comes to adjusting. All right. Never mind. I'm swinging <laughs> oh and missing over here. Um, oh, man. Um, should we get to the cut it or keep it portion? I feel like we kind of... Ah, nice. Yeah, cut oh, it or keep even... it. Yeah. Well, that oh, really I, depends I, on your not... perspective. Oh, mine's already cut, baby. Um, but uh, no, I just mean like the end, you know. Are we going to keep this portion? Uh, of course not. I mean, that's my opinion is of course not. It's bad. Nothing... I could keep... I could see it. I'm... Okay, I'm going for the first time. I'm going to keep it with a caveat yes. oh. i could say you could keep it as a like see this guy this is what happens when you, you just listen yeah and you're just like oh well god told me to do it so it's cool you could definitely use all of these allegories and all of these stories i know they use it in a way of framing something in the positive you could just as easily teach very valuable lessons and being like and that's why abraham was a big fucking loser Right, like, don't listen to, like, charismatic absentee leaders because yeah. you might just end up having to do something really unpleasant. Yeah, you could very easily just, you know, be like, all right, like, let's take the, the Pharaoh story of being like, okay, so this dickhead Abraham went to somewhere he'd never been and was not invited to and thought that all the people would be fucking savage and fucking ridiculous, so he lied to them, and then it turned out they weren't, and he got rewarded for it, and guess what? That's never going to happen to you. <laughs> yeah it is unless i feel like it's there's a, big a big club and you ain't in it there's it, a big failing upwards vibe to all oh of this. my god I, wouldn't you it know, be nice to like... have the space to fail upwards yeah he really fails right up to up to hashem's pearly gates if i if That's i may true. mix metaphors yeah <laughs> yeah um, i'm gonna cut it as well because it was it wasn't bad in the way that makes it good like chapter right? one yep. verse one where it's that's like, exactly it. god created the earth and then god also created the earth in a different way and like <laughs> we didn't bother editing one out like that's a kind of bad that mwah, yeah that to me is like a spicy rigatone like i you know i just <laughs> want to eat that right up um but this is the kind of bad that is just like I don't know. Wasn't connecting. We've already left the realm of explaining why the world is the way it is. That's true. Yeah. I, we're going to get back there. Give us that. Well, you know, I this, don't know this, that we will. I think there's well, at no, least the a only thing things. that this one explains is it's like why some people's penises look different. <laughs> right. You know, because well, like, it... you will have reading this many hundreds, thousands of years later, you will have grown up in a world where like all Jews are just like that. And you're like, but oh, it's okay. chicken and egg. It's like, did the book make people cut their dicks off or did it explain why people? Or oh, actually, I totally disagree. They probably cut their dicks off before they ever wrote it down. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, historically, yeah. they were doing it for, you know, like, thousands of years. I think it was mostly because way back in the day when people did sports and whatever, they were naked. And, you know what I mean? Everything was just hanging out. Mm-hmm. So if you were to go and go to some kind of public event that wasn't just Jewish and, like, you were a kid or whatever, you'd be seeing all these hangers everywhere. And it, <laughs> someone needs to have an explanation for, like... Uh-huh. For why at the wrestling I also, yeah, why, I lo- <laughs> why does this hanger have a tent? Mine doesn't have a tent. What I wanted you to say is like, yeah, you know, people were doing sports naked, so you know, chop the foreskin off. You're gonna get you're gonna get your uh, your time down a couple inches. I mean, a everyone couple, knows that it's like a couple seconds. Swim meet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You gotta be aerodynamic. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I'm gonna cut yeah, this this one slam dunk it into the trash can. Um should we say what team we're on? I'm on Team Hagar. She's cool and got a bad deal. She was down. She was down for whatever. She's like, "Oh, fucking, I'll have, I'll have your baby because you're barren. Like families come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, and then they're like, we hate you. We're gonna treat you like shit.' So, Team Hagar for me. Ah, I don't think I'm on anyone's team on this. No, I won't say I'm Team Pharaoh. I would say I'm Team Egyptian, because I mm. guess a bunch of people who don't necessarily make any of the decisions in the society got cursed as well. True. That's true. true. Like if you curse the pharaoh, a trickle down. Like imagine you curse the pharaoh, you best not miss. (laughs) You're just a random Egyptian person just being Uh like, oh, it turns out pharaoh's getting another wife. It was this person who came through and it was a sister. So they got married and you don't know any of the context of whatever. And you're like, all right, cool. Uh, I I make the cake. So I guess I'll bake the cake. And then you have a dream where God's like, well, you bake the cake for the wedding. So you're not allowed to ever have children. You're never allowed to be healthy again. What team are you on, is, Josh? Uh, is Team Sandal Straps? So I'm just thinking when uh, <laughs> think Sandal Straps got the raw end of the deal. When Abraham dropped like his really cool Hamilton verse um, and dropped the mic, you know the person he said that to just instantly looked down at their sandal like I won't even take a sandal strap, and the person was just like, "Well, fuck me, right?" Oh man, you don't even. <laughs> that's, why do you got to bring my sandals in at this? They probably had one of the ones where it's a loop around the toe that like really, <laughs> really accentuates the big toe. You think they had those weird like toe shoes where the whole like? <laughs> yeah, no, that was the person. You know, the person who was wearing toe shoes was finally right and could finally feel proud of themselves for once because they don't even have straps. Finally, I Wait, the person with sandals who didn't have straps. I don't know. Ioni, <laughs> catch man. up to the train. We're leaving the station. I'm sorry, but how does their feet? How does it stay on their feet? You have you ever seen those toe shoes? They're like keen bottoms yeah, like, with like this mesh like glove, on top. And yeah, on, you've seen toe individual oh, slots for each toe. Oh my! So we're saying that person, even though if you had one of those, uh, you're wrong about everything. In that one moment, they were right because you wouldn't even need to take a sandal strap from them. Remember when they were saying how it's how your like body is supposed to run and whatever, and it turned out that all of that science was about as accurate as the story we told today. Well, moment of silence for them. <laughs> it um. was it was it was the same level of disappointment when people who hated on Crocs were and had to come to terms with like, if you're in water a lot, it's actually really good. Or you're like someone who stands for work; they're like yeah. super comfortable. Crocs are like a stepdad. They're like, listen, you can hate me as much as you want, but I'm gonna be around. Yeah, <laughs> I'll love you no matter what. <laughs> and I think because we're I family, think that was... I'm a foot in your <laughs> shoe. <laughs> Crocs are afoot. Uh, you know, I think that's a good place to, good little cliffhanger to leave these folks off on. Yeah. Okay. I could say. Oh, um, does anyone want to do a do a blessing? Do I have to do a blessing? 
Oh, you should do a blessing. Yeah. Oh, right. oh yeah. Shit. Okay. Uh, let me improvise a blessing here. <clears throat> Wipe that smirk off your face, Josh. <laughs> I just was excited. I, I wanted. To see who got I wanted that to be the blessing. That could be the blessing. <laughs> okay. Well. We, we talked a lot today about uh, really horrible things, including slavery and uh, the precedent for gender politics. So I'm going to go ahead and pray to the asteroid that is probably going to be the doom of, of our planet and civilization. And um, dear asteroid, I don't think that's how you start prayers, but when you come, <laughs> do me a favor and try to strike such a, uh, a path that is so precise that the moment before impact where you destroy the entire planet and everything that we've ever done and everything we've ever achieved is erased from the universe forever, that you just microscopically shave Jeff Bezos' last hair on his body the moment before the entire world erupts into a nuclear-sized disaster and all of human civilization goes away. And if you could do me a favor, too, and bounce off of the ground and maybe slam into one of those stupid fucking clocks he's building in a mountainside to just double up <laughs> on the way that the universe sort of will correct itself in the end, then I'll also cut my dick once again and sign that covenant with you and bless all my children that won't ever come to be such that the world was destroyed in a way that justice was served. Amen. 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 I'm smirking because it was good this time. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I improvised that. <laughs> you were preaching, man. Uh, the tr- I hate the that guy and his fucking bald head so much. Yeah, yeah. I do like how his new plan is to get as wide as possible. As wide? <laughs> as wide? Yeah, he's big. He's a big guy now? Well, no, he's like cut. He's, he's like clearly buff, has been yeah. lifting. I, I'm still not afraid of him. Uh, Should we keep house? All right, well... Unless anyone's got anything else, do you guys have closing thoughts? No, I'll do the prayer next time. Oh, okay. Well, um, you know what I was thinking today? I had a really, as I was like emerging from the water, I was like, ah, a joke. This is exciting. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Blasphemy. It, or, <laughs> oh, no. Um, oh, no. Uh, blast can... for me. No, it's a blast for you. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's good. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, I can't believe I whiffed at the last second. It was yeah, the power. That was, that was, was I was trying to think of names also, mm-hmm. and I thought I thought of a pun. Yeah, I'm not above puns I mean, anymore. Um, but no, I was just like, oh, you know what would be a fun phrase? So this show is good. It's... Fuck. It ends with to knock your socks off. <laughs> Wait, can it just be to... <laughs> can it just be to knock your socks uh, off? To knock your socks off. I think almost no one who's not a Jew knows what the Tanakh is That's under true. that name. Yeah, they, they just refer to it as the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Or the Torah, but even then. I mean, but the Torah is not even the whole Torah. <laughs> Torah? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, wow. What about the Old Testy men, you know? We're not old. and We're a little testy. Yeah, but I got big testies. All right. Oh, you know, okay, returning again to my blasphemy joke, I also thought that could be a tagline, like, where blasphemy is a blast for you. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) it's so bad. We don't have to do it. Um, 
Ooh, what about, uh, wait, what about the smitey, smitey boss tones? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's about how well that went. <laughs>